Hi, I'm Brad Blaylock. And I'm Brad McKeon, and welcome to The Brad Report. Warning, the Brad Report contains spoilers. This is the 50th episode of the Brad Report, and it is brought to you by book reviews, something we haven't done in a while. (laughs) Uh, The Brad Report can be found on Apple, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Anchor, and Spotify. Please rate and review us five stars. Share uh, if you like a certain episode that we've done in this run or from the past. Uh, please share it on your social medias. Um, we'd love to share our insights and observations with the world. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Brad Report. And now it has been a hot minute since Avengers Endgame. It has. Uh, we've. Uh, you were traveling. I was traveling. I got sick. You got sick. But now we are back. We are back. We are here. Uh, And we are belly flopping into the end of phase three with Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, the summary. Peter Parker's relaxing European vacation takes an unexpected turn when Nick Fury shows up in his hotel room to recruit him for a mission. The world is in danger as four massive elemental creatures, each representing earth, air, water, and fire, emerge from a hole torn in the universe. Parker soon finds himself donning the Spider-Man suit to help Fury and fellow superhero Mysterio stop the evil entities from wrecking havoc across the continent. There it is. The summary. That is the summary. I did it. (laughs) Thanks, Google. Yeah, so we've got a couple themes. You have a couple themes? I have a few themes. Yeah, I think the the first one, I think this is pretty, pretty obvious, but it's the the line between reality and illusion and uh, truth and non-truth. And so obviously with Mysterio, his big thing is he is presenting himself as this hero from an alternate reality where these four elementals have come and ravaged the earth and destroyed it. And so he's presenting himself as this person who's coming to our earth now to save the day, right? He is saving the day. He's fighting these elementals. He's beating them. But the reality is it's on illusion. None of it's real. He's actually um, Quinn Beck, who is an illusion specialist who is jaded by Tony Stark. And these monsters aren't real. They're just drone projections. So you have that. You also have Peter and his fight with reality, where he's trying to he's trying to present to his friends that he's just this regular teenager when reality is he's kind of not, right? Like he's he's Spider-Man. Um, best friends with, well, was best friends with Tony Stark. Like he, he's not a normal kid and, but he's trying to present himself as one. And then at the very end with the post credit scene, you've got Jonah Jameson, uh, JK Simmons reprises his role as Jonah Jameson. And he is presenting this kind of Infowars style fake news. Right. And so you've got this, this battle all movie between truth and narrative. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's great. I had the so I had them 
broken down even further, but you paired them together nicely. I had deception yeah. and belief separately. Okay. But deception definitely, as you mentioned, you know, Mysterio is definitely deceiving everyone. The illusions that he's creating, and even Peter, as he's deceiving his friends. I'm not really Spider-Man. You know, he's yeah. trying to hide that. And coming to convictions of just like the moment when as the viewer, you're seeing what's on the screen. And at that moment in the climax of the film in the final fight, Peter closes his eyes and puts the belief and trust in his instincts, not what his eyes can see. And yeah, as those, those themes throughout of believing, like I can take up this mantle and like believing in himself and, you know, Hey, you don't have to be the next Iron Man. You can be Spider-Man. And those things really encapsulate well. Hmm. Yeah. What'd you think of them bringing back Jonah Jameson? I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, don't if, I don't know if we saw this together. No, um, I don't think we did. But I thought that was kind of the moment in the theater where I was like, wow, that this is really, really exciting. And because at that point, uh, you know, no actor had reprised their yeah, role sure. from the Sony universe, uh -huh. Sony movies. And just seeing that was, it was so cool and so fun. It's like, okay, well, what's going to happen next? Just, it made it exciting for, for the new movies. Cause in the new phase four slate, because they hadn't announced anything at that point. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting if you were, and I haven't made a list, but like if I were to make a list of um, like role reprisals or people that revive from, any like MCU adjacent film that's not in the MCU, right? That's not a main character. Like I can't think of any like non definitely a side character. Non. Well, I'm, what I'm saying is I can't think of any other non main characters that'd be more happy about than Jonah Jameson, J.K. Simmons, right? Yeah, yeah. He just he, he just he's so he plays the role so perfectly. Yeah. His voice. He's just angry. The mustache. What did you think of the transition from, um, you know, in the Raimi in the Raimi verse? Yeah, uh, if, if we can call it that, you know, he's, he's he's a newspaper guy, but here he's he they really like hammered in this like Alex Jones Infowarsy type. Yeah, of... very just he's an online blog. Yeah, yeah. What do you what do you think of that? Well, I think it was good. It was a good adaption for sure. where we are today with the way that news outlets works because most yeah. people don't read newspapers anymore. Sure, and most people are doing like online blogs. You know, you can. You can say whatever you want to to say in a blog or a podcast yeah, like this one. Literally, <laughs> you can anything. say anything you want, and so I think that really makes sense, especially as they've adapted. Is like this guy is obsessed with hating Spider Man, and you could definitely see it on a YouTube channel. It's like, okay, that makes sense, and so I thought it was yeah. really clever twist and change. Yeah. And I actually think this movie does a good job in general of adapting to a different like social context. Mm -hmm. So. Think of like the Raimi Spideyverse and like Flash is a jock, right? He's this big like athlete dude. Yeah, and, and the first uh and in that one and in the amazing Yeah, yeah and, and the Toby one. Uh but and Peter's just a nerd, right? Yeah. Well now like it's okay to be a nerd now, like, yeah. essentially. And so here, like Flash is a nerd too. Yeah, but he's he's just rich. a jerk. Yeah, right. He's, he's just rich. he's rich. He's yeah. rich. That's the change, right? It's not that he's a, a jock. And Peter's a nerd. No, they're both nerds. Flash is just a rich jerk. Yeah. 
And so I think it's interesting how they kind of they did a really good job of shifting that dynamic to fit the social context better. Yeah, no, that it's super smart and super well done. And even how they adapt Mysterio, because in the comics, his he's a he's a special effects. He works for yeah. the movies, and even doing that with drones sure. and hologram projection is really well done and really smart. And you just think, oh wow, that's that makes sense that they would that you could create this hero that was made in like the sixties or seventies and then boom, makes sense in the 20 teens, you know, or whenever this Mm. came out, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Another theme of the movie, I think, and this is just kind of like a Spider-Man theme in general, but it's, you know, great power comes great Uh, great responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. I had that one too. Yeah. And you kind of have to. So Peter is, uh, as you mentioned, like this is, this comes off of, in game, right? So in game is done. Uh, Tony is dead. They're all back, and he's got this this these gifts now. And he he's he's walked on planets. He's fought uh, titans. He's walked amongst literal gods like Thor. You know, I mean, and he's got these abilities, and he's now got even more abilities with Edith. Mm-hmm. The um, even I, dead, I'm the hero. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Even that, yeah it's yeah. this access to this huge worldwide yeah, defense uh, network of drones. Right. So he's got all this power, and he's trying to decide one if he should even take up the mantle of being a hero. Right. He kind of just wants to be a regular teenager, which, like, dude, surely like math tests seem kind of inconsequential after what you've done. But whatever. Right. But he just wants to be a regular dude, and so he's trying to decide if he even wants to take up this mantle. And eventually he realizes that, no, I have the power to affect this change. And so it is my duty, my, my moral obligation to do this. Right. But I mean, that's like just a Spider-Man thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't put it any better than that. And yeah, the responsibility of what he feels to replace Tony, to replace yeah. Iron Man. And it's so the inverse of this uh, two Marvel Spider-Man movies is he's relegated to being small time. He wants to be big time, but then at the end he says, no, like I'll, I'll just be the neighborhood guy. And then this movie is there. Like Nick Fury is like, Hey, we need you, which we end up find out is a scroll, you know, right. it's Taylor's, but Nick Fury is like, Hey, we need you for this world saving thing. He says, I just kind of want to go on a field trip yeah, and talk with this girl that I like. Hmm. And the way that they, do that with with him is is really good but it just says you know this has fallen on you and you got to rise to the occasion mm. that's the last theme i have yeah i'd say the, the other major thing with this movie is just um well i guess i guess i have two more one is just it's a coming of age story obviously of right he's a he's a teenager and he's trying to fall in love or he's falling in love. And he's trying to get the girl. He's trying to balance friendships and the girl. Right. So how, how do you stay a good friend while also pursuing this girl? And so now you're spending less time with your friends. And so it's that right. But whatever. And then <laughs> whatever. Well, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. For some reason, Zendaya and Tom Holland just don't click with me super well. Like their well, they're chemistry. a real couple now, oddly enough. Yeah. Which, I'm sure they have more chemistry out off screen yeah. than they do on, at least for me. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one is just dealing with loss and trauma, right? So you've got two traumas that, that Peter's dealing with. One, he's dealing with the fact that he's lost Tony, his kind of mentor, right? 
Um, obviously, we all know it's not explored in this movie, but Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. So he's lost his father figure, and he's gained a new one with Tony, and now he's lost him again. Then there's also the trauma of being blipped for five years. Yeah. And, back. and there's a pretty good montage at the beginning of this movie that's pretty funny of you know, all the people coming back, and uh, it's, it's pretty funny, but they're all trying to like figure out how to do society now right and how to do school now that you've missed five years and shouldn't everyone else have graduated why are they still here but that's okay yeah right? um so you're just trying yeah. to figure out like well, i guess what to peter do. and all of his friends got blipped you kind of have to assume that otherwise it's like why are you still here yeah it's been five years shouldn't you be yeah, in none of his none of his friends in his yeah, class you just have to assume that every person that he interacted with just happened to also be blipped yeah convenient yeah <laughs> Um. All right. Okay. You said you had two. Those are the. Those were the two. two. All right. So storytelling, good, bad, and maybe some Easter eggs. Okay. Um. I think with any Spider-Man movie, you know, you got to nail down the action and the swinging, and they do a really good job of it. It's it's super super fun. Tom Holland, once again, he does a great job of encapsulating the the Peter Parker-ishness. I think it's not I think it's not as on spot or as as fun as like the wise cracking kind of person that is in uh Civil War or even in um like the in Infinity War. You know, he's not making as many jokes or just kind of like being the wise cracking, but he's just kind of like what in the world is going on? I don't want to deal with all this stuff, but he does a great job, you know? So, yeah. I think one thing this movie does really well is the visual effects of this movie, mm-hmm. right? It looks really good. The, all the Mysterio stuff looks great. So good. The alternate realities that Mysterio puts Spider-Man in toward at the, in the final fight look really good. Like, and I know it's, you know, oh, it's the 21st century. Every movie looks good. Well, that's not true. Some, hey. movie, some <laughs> movies look like crap, right? Like, yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman, the, the cat lady, did not look good. Didn't look good. So this movie looked really good, and I think it deserves some some credit for that. Yeah. also really liked uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance. Yeah. He does a good job of switching from being the the charismatic caring hero to the jaded megalomaniac yeah really really good transition and switch because the first before the obviously for any comic book fans you already know you're like this guy's the bad guy yeah you know and they uh, they also present him as the good guy and in the trailers and everything you say okay how, how are we gonna what's the change how are things gonna switch up and it was just a lot of fun to see him do that and like in the charismatic version you're like man i really like this character Mm -hmm. and then the switch is it's not a surprise but it's also like the way they do it is really funny uh when they're in the the bar kind of restaurant and he's like get this thing off me right for (laughs) sure super funny i think another thing this movie does well is tony stark i think so obviously like the death of tony stark is something that uh theoretically would be felt around the world you know, he saved, saved the universe. universe. So makes sense that he would be universally kind of beloved and praised at this point. But I think they did a good job of showing the effect it has on Peter specifically, right? So mm-hmm. you, when he sees 
the uh, the I guess graffiti is it graffiti or the mural, the mural, whatever. I always sees the mural. Um, yeah, he's like he follows me everywhere he goes, and this death really hangs over um, Peter's shoulders. I think that I think they do a good job of that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The not a lot of Cap Captain America murals though. Uh, you know, do do people like? Would the general public know that he didn't die? Well, they said that he died. Oh, in in the little like recap video. Oh, that's right, that's right. Um, well, he just wasn't as close to Peter, so I'm sure that. <laughs> so the I'm world's sure, like Iron Man. We love you, I'm Captain sure, America. You were kind of like a, a traitor of the state, but you were trying to like help us through the blip years. And I'm sure there are murals of him. We just didn't see them. Peter doesn't see them, right? It's like, <laughs> blind, it's like a, like a ho- racehorse with blinders on. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, you know, doesn't see the Black Widow murals either, you know. Um. <laughs> okay. Um, that's great. Do you have anything else for the good? Good things or things that you liked about the movie? Yeah, I'll just say J.K. Simmons. Oh, yeah, that's it's super fun. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, they they created a good cliffhanger for sure, and that's a really big storyline when Peter Parker reveals his identity or his identity gets revealed to the public because he's like the only one that's keeping it a secret. Yeah, in this universe so mm-hmm. far. Okay, bad things, things you didn't like, things that were meh or like this didn't make sense or that was dumb. Unavailable superheroes. Yeah, it it. I get it. I get that it's difficult, right? When you have a universe where you have, um, you know, so many super powerful creatures, and Peter's kind of considered like at this point, like on the lower rung of the uh, the power list, right? Yeah. And so, it, like, it makes sense that, um, you know, Captain Marvel or Iron Man or whatever is stepping Strange, in you know. when he's fighting Vulture because Vulture's like a essentially like a petty criminal, right? Yeah. He's like a, a local gangster. Yeah. So it makes sense. But now we were fighting these elementals that are going to destroy the universe or the entire world. Like you would think that Captain Marvel or Dr. Strange or somebody would make time their schedule. Shoot, even Ant-Man. Right. And so Scott Lane would make time. And so it's just, it's just kind of annoying when they're like, uh, they're unavailable. And they even say that like straight up, like Dr. Uh, Nick Fury is straight up like Captain Marvel and Dr. Strange are unavailable. Yeah. And that's it. It's just kind of like, that's a little contrived. Yeah. It's lazy writing. It's a little annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that um, kind of peeves me, and I know they did it for the story, but it's just like Peter gets this super amazing Edith defense system in control of drones and then has it for maybe a day and a half, two days. Mm hmm immediately gives it away to a guy that he, he doesn't know. doesn't know yeah that part is just well and, and not only is it an amazing power but it was given to him from tony yeah like his mentor the guy that he looks at as a father figure and yeah. he still hands it away yeah even if it's like even if i were to receive that and say okay this is a big responsibility i'm not sure what to do with this mm-hmm. but i'm just gonna put this in my backpack these sunglasses in my backpack and make sure i don't lose them or not, I'm not even yeah. going to say someone's like, oh, well, maybe you should give that responsibility up and say, but like, mm, but like, I don't know you. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one thing I think that the MCU as a whole does bad with, with Spider-Man um, 
that I think other Spider-Mans have done well with. So Spider-Man, a big part of him is that he is poor, right? Yeah. He does not have a lot of money. No money. Um, and it's like big, he's working jobs. Mm-hmm. He and Aunt May are struggling. And a big part of that is every time Spider, every time Spider-Man succeeds, it comes at the cost of Peter Parker, mm-hmm. right? And so when Spider-Man is out saving, saving things, like he's missing uh, an opportunity to get to get checks or to help with whatever, and so it, it hurts him and his aunt's financial situation. When Spider-Man does well, and I think that that is kind of missing in this, right? So he does have, there are times where it hurts Peter to be Spider-Man, but it hurts him socially. It's just a different type yeah. of pain that I think, I think that this kind of misses out on. Yeah. You know, I agree with that. And, and the inverse is true as well. You know, when Peter, when he presses into living life as Peter Parker, it's yeah. at the cost of, of Spider-Man, of, Spider-Man yeah. of, of saving people that sure. he feels this huge weight and responsibility for because he's, he has so much guilt over his uncle's death and, I mean, they haven't gotten into it, but that's, you know, the story of like, this is his uncle's death was his fault or his responsibility, or he didn't do his, what he could have. And just that guilt weighs over him. And yeah, I think they, they haven't really pressed into that a ton and maybe they will with no way home, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I think another thing is like, how do the rest of his friends uh, besides MJ not realize that he's Spider-Man? Yeah, so I, I was like, these kids are supposed to be smart. <laughs> They're like, it's so obvious. Yeah, that's part of it. I think that, you know, I think that that's one of the reasons why they went ahead and revealed Spider-Man's identity at the end of it, because I think that in this uh, kind of era of like satellites and smartphones, it's just it, the idea of a secret identity is just so much more absurd, right? Like, mm-hmm. how has nobody with a cell phone zoomed in on peter parker as he's like opening up his shirt with the spider-man costume underneath or something like yeah. at some point like someone in an alley at some point, just like yeah. snapping a random at like, some oh, point this guy's it, spider-man at some point it gets caught right because we just live in a world of information and so i think that the idea of a secret identity just is just a little more absurd here and so i kind of like the idea that he got quote-unquote doxxed yeah we'll say yeah for sure anything else no uh, I do have some Easter eggs, though. Go for it. So, first Easter egg, we got shout-outs to Bonesaw McGraw. Yeah. Bonesaw McGraw is a, it was a wrestler um, from the first movie, or from the first Spider-Man movie, from the Raimi Spider-Man. Like, 1999 uh-huh. Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Where, and he was actually played by the wrestler, Randy Savage, which is cool. But he gets a shout-out in this movie. Uh, Uncle Ben gets a shout-out in this yeah, movie. Yeah, he does. When Peter is packing for Europe, he has a suitcase with the initials BFP, Ben Parker, and a lot of people are spec. A lot of people speculate that the F is for Franklin, uh, because there's a lot of speculation that Ben that Ben Parker was kind of modeled after Benjamin Franklin. So mm-hmm. a lot of people speculate that the F and BFP is ben, ben, Benjamin Franklin. But regardless, it is a Uncle Ben suitcase. So finally, get a reference to him. There are a couple of cool references with some serial numbers. One, when Ned and Peter are on this boat in Venice, behind them there's a boat that has ASM 212, the same of the boat. Mm-hmm. Amazing Spider-Man, uh, issue 212 is the first comic book where Hydrogen Man appears, which 
beach. They're on, Makes sense. They're in Venice. They're in Venice. On water, which is kind of cool. Where they fight Hydrogen Man uh -huh. or Hydro Man, whatever. Hydrogen Man? Yeah. In London, when the students are running from the fire monster, there's a car license plate that reads SCP-2685. Amazing Spider-Man issue where Molten Man is introduced. Damn. Look at them. Peter, Put, putting in the little things. Oh, I know. It's so cool. Peter, Peter's passport. His birthday is August 10th. Do you know the significance of that day, or can you guess it? Uh was the day the first Spider-Man issue was released. That's right. It's the date of the first ever Spider-Man issue on August August 10th, 1962. Woof. It's his birthday. Which is really cool. Um, you have the obviously there's the the ACDC back in black reference when yeah. you um when Peter's building, you know, which is obviously a reference to that's the song that was playing when Tony was kidnapped back when he, uh, yeah, the very first Iron, Iron Man movie. one. And we know that Tony loves ACDC. He loves a rock. He listens to it when he's, when he's fighting and all that jazz. Um, let's see. Obviously we have the scrolls at the very end that Nick Fury is a scroll. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't like that. I man, they know. didn't, they, they've done Nick Fury so wrong. I didn't really like that twist at all. Nick Fury's so cool, and they've made him such a like a kind of a punchline. Yeah, whatever. But that's a obviously a an Easter egg. Um, I don't have. Any, do you have any other Easter eggs? No, you got all mine. So. Oh, the only other one I, I forgot to mention. This is kind of cool. So, Aunt May at the beginning of the movie is working for a a homeless shelter. I, I think yes. in the movie it's called. Um, hope shelter or something like that mm -hmm. but in the comics there is an issue where aunt may starts working for this homeless shelter called feast and feast is actually a front for villain martin lee or mr negative man it does reference that which if you've played the amazing spider-man video game that's yeah that's the premise uh-huh and so there's a callback to that to the game slash comic book which is pretty cool that is pretty cool All right, getting into some quotes and some scenes. Here we go. Uh, what my first quote is Peter Parker. It starts out Peter Parker. Everywhere I go, I see his face. I just really miss him. Happy. Yeah, I miss him too. I don't think Tony would have done what he did if he didn't know you were going to be at here after he was gone. This is a really sweet quote, you know? Yeah. Just really talks about uh, or talks about the relationship that Peter and Tony had and how dear uh, they were to one another. Yeah, for sure. Quentin Beck says it's easy to fool people when they're already fooling themselves. Mm, That's a good one. Yeah, I yeah. think that one's kind of applicable to like, uh, you know, we don't get political, but I think it's kind of applicable <laughs> to like just modern like misinformation and. Um, beliefs about things like vaccines and stuff or yeah i guess disbelief in things disbelief yeah yeah i think the the next one i have plays into that as well peter said is asking quentin beck mysterious that how could you do all this he says you see peter people need to believe mm. and nowadays they'll believe anything yeah that was that was my, my next one too that's a really good one uh so this one's between happy and peter and it's just kind of a little dialogue but um, and, and May's in there as well, but Happy says, hey, sorry I'm late. Peter responds, Happy, hey. 
happy. Oh, you look lovely to Aunt May. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thanks you too. Thank you. New dress? Uh, yes, yes. That's a new beard. It's my blip beard because I grew it in a blip. Blip beard. <laughs> Just like trying <laughs> trying to flirt with Aunt May. Yeah, blip beard. Uh, like, oh, come on. <laughs> Way out of his league, but hey, good for happy. Yeah. What? Okay. Do you? Did we discuss this on? Uh, do you like like this version of Aunt May, or do you like yeah. kind of the like Grandma Aunt May? I like this. This version makes more sense because it's like if it should be like it's his mom's sister, right? So some people have old old parents. Yeah, but like parents the age of like your grandma. Yeah, I just but especially for a teenager, she's old in the comics, so you know I don't know. I think things were different. Like people. Older people looked older back then. <laughs> older people looked well, older. Well, you know, you look in the nineties, back in the day when oh my gosh, when, when no, life, so like in the life original comics in the sixties when it came out, when life someone that looked was, like was in the forties. Oh my gosh, you know how they say uh, they're like, oh, you know, like thirty is the new twenty, or like, you oh, know, what they is, say that they or, say that like. You know, sixty is the is the new, the new forty, the new thirty, <laughs> exactly. Or twenty nine if you're Marissa Tomei. Yeah, exactly. She's not twenty nine. No, but if we're saying like she looks like or whatever. Oh my gosh. Okay, how how old is Marissa? She's fifty something. Fifty six. Yeah, she's fifty something. That's not bad. I mean, I'm just saying, like, to me, Aunt May's a grandma. I like it. Yeah. I think it's fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, my next quote is Peter, where she says, MJ, I, and she finishes, am Spider Man? He says, No, of course not. She says, I mean, it's kind of obvious, which I thought was, which I thought was funny. Yeah. That's and then they kind of go on, it's like, it's either that or like a gigolo or something like that. Uh, I thought this is pretty funny. Uh, it's a MJ quote. So Peter tells her, You look really pretty. And she goes, and therefore, I have value. Yeah, that's right. And then at first, you're kind of like, "Oh gosh, that's so cringy." And then she's like, "Thanks, you look pretty too." Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, my next one is a Nick Fury slash Talos quote, I guess. It says, "Uneasy lies the head that wears the crown." Stark said, "You wouldn't get that because it's not a Star Wars reference," <laughs> which is like kind of funny to all of Peter's pop culture references. But it's like, bro. You Surely he knows Shakespeare. He's a smart kid in yeah, a smart school. For sure. He knows some some Billy Shakes. Some Billy Shakes. You've never heard him called that? No. Maybe it's original to me. Billy Shakes. Billy Shakes. Wow. Have you ever read the the literary conspiracy theory that Kit Marlowe actually wrote most of Shakespeare's stuff and Shakespeare stole it? I have heard of that. Which is interesting. It is. So, I mean, I mean I, there's uh, no way to prove it, right? Sure. Or, there's no way to prove it or disprove uh, it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I think, I mean, I have no idea. I really have, like, no way to fathom it. Just like, I read Shakespeare. I'm like, yeah, she sounds like Shakespeare. <laughs> and I'm just like, I have no way to be like, oh, in this stanza, you can tell that the writing style has changed. And I'm like, what? So, maybe yeah. some literary critic will listen to this email us and be like and inform us and we'll have how them, you can tell this is how you can tell and we'll be like great cool awesome anyways uh so oh i thought this this ant may quote was actually pretty good i thought you could sense that with your peter tingle yeah which is great really gets into the like 
when you've got something going on and your parents are like relatives are like call it a weird name and you're like oh no that's uh-huh. not what it is please don't call it that okay my last quote is peter parker it's at the very end and this, in the moment of triumph he says to mysterio after he tries to shoot him and he like grabs the gun and misses and he says you can't trick me anymore mm. it's really great yeah that's good uh we can go ahead and move on to some scenes okay uh for me i think one of my favorite fight scenes was bringing down the fire elemental when mysterio and which obviously like in hindsight we know he's a bad guy whatever but when peter and him are fighting the fire it looks really cool it does look really cool yeah in the black suit uh-huh. um it really looks cool and mysterio looks cool too yeah he hit the costume design the the glass filled with smoke it just looks great yeah i agree the i really like that one i also like the the hydra man battle i think mm-hmm. it's really fun when they get superheroes uh, fighting or doing all these cool things in civilian clothes you know uh take uh, the Winter Soldier for a lot of those scenes. And even in Civil War, there's the cafeteria kind of fight scene when Bucky's escaping and they're all just in their civilian clothes doing these amazing, cool stunts and fights. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I love the his final fight with his fight with Mysterio when he is dealing with the illusions and they've got Mysterio puts them in him in this illusion where he's just seeing visions of people and he's seeing multiple versions of himself mm-hmm. um, and the zombie iron man yeah it's really good it's really well done so i think that's a great action sequence yeah i think the the mysterio reveal was actually pretty funny yeah um oh at the bar the, yeah, bar, the scene. bar scene yeah. it's just like see that wasn't so hard and then can someone get this thing off of me like that was like i was like okay I was expecting this, but it's still really funny. Yeah, that, that's true. Uh, I mean, part of me wonders like why they just go to a real bar because, I mean, I'm sure there's plenty in Prague. Yeah, but <laughs> but also it looked cool. He wanted so. to control the environment, but it looked cool. It so. did. That's all right. Um, I, you know, I guess I don't have any other like major scenes that stick out to me. Yeah. Besides, you know, I've said the this. first deception one where he first deceives him and like makes yeah. him run to the train. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, doesn't even phase Spider-Man, though. Yeah. Train, whatever. Train. But, uh, you know, Jameson's really good. Um, yeah, the ending was really leaves a good cliffhanger. Yep, yeah, I agree. Okay. All right. Now, it's for some questions. All right. What would be weirder? Um, would it be weirder for all the people that were blipped out? to come back and be in the same grade that they were five years ago and have all those people that were five years younger than you be in your grade? Or would it be weirder for the people that were not blipped for all those people to come back and then you'd be like, oh, I was in fifth grade when this sophomore that I knew about was gone and now I'm in their same grade and they haven't aged at all. Would it be weirder to be blipped or to not be blipped? Uh, I'll say be weirder for the blip, um, because when you're, so when you're like a little kid, like you look at the older kids as like, you want to be like their friends and you want to be like, like them and be with them and stuff. And so 
I think you'd be fine with there. But like when you're older, like little kids just seem so distant. Mm-hmm. Even like only five years, right? Like, but when you're in high school, like five years seems like an eternity, right? So if you're a freshman and you're looking at like an elementary school kid, you're like, dude, we're so different. Yeah. And then you come back and they're in your grade. That's weird. Yeah. So yeah. I'd, I'd have to go being blipped. Yeah, I think that's that's true because for most of them, they didn't experience any pain of just one second they were here and then the next they're back and they're like, wait, everything's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it happens in a second. Like the world, like five years later, everything's different. That would be crazy. You know what would be weird is, so if you were awake when you were blipped, you realized that something was happening to you because you looked down. What if you were asleep and you got blipped? And then you came back a second later and you had no idea. That'd be insane. You had no idea. Anything. And you wake up in that bed and someone else is probably living there. Well, yeah, or whatever. But you just, not, you, you don't realize you that had no different. recollection that anything happened. And so, like, you, uh, like Monica. Yeah. And then it's just like, oh, wait, things are different. Yeah. yeah that'd, be, that'd be pretty crazy. That would be insane. Okay. Who has the best performance in this movie? I'll say Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I think so as well. I think he's really good in this, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Spider-Man 3 trailer dropped this past week. Yeah. Spider-Man No Way Home. Great timing. So we got a little tease about what the trailer will be like. Um, So do you want to walk through just for the listeners if they haven't seen it? And then we'll kind of go into the question of like, what do you want to see? Or what do you think we'll see? Yeah, so I think that... So the, the trailer just dropped... Um, and one of the things that I think that, that we, that we saw is a, we, they pretty much confirmed that they're doing the Spidey verse yeah. because Doc Ock appears and it's the same Doc Ock from the Raimi movies. You see a green goblin, um, explosive device. Now I, so this isn't content I came up with, but somebody was going to kind of fall and they posted what they think are five different references to villains. Yeah. So there's obviously the Green Goblin and reference with the uh, exploding pumpkin, which is pretty clear. Yeah. And then Doc Ock Very speaks, clear, yeah. So and it's the same actor. It's the same actor. What's his name? It's Molina. Alfred Molina. Molina. Alfred Molina. There you go. But there's also a scene in the in the trailer. There's one where it looks like Lizard yeah, is appearing. In the shadows. And there's one where it looks like something is rising out of the sand, so potentially Sandman. Mm-hmm. And then this one's a little far-fetched, but there's a scene where there's lightning crashing around, so maybe we get Electro. Jamie Foxx, come back. That's five. So do you think Mysterio is going to be like the unnamed mentor person of the Sinister Six? No, I think if they did, I think if they do the six, they'll have six. I don't think they'd, because you can't do the Sinister Six and have five villains in the movie. You think Mysterio is really dead, or was it another illusion? No, I think he's dead. Okay. I bet they, if they wanted to bring him back, they could. Eh, it just be you think it'd be think, cheap, yeah. I think they'd be cheap, and I think they're not going to do the Sinister Six and have five villains and say, "Oh, the sixth one's dead, but he's part of the six. Well, who do you th- okay? So who do you think the sixth one will be? If you had to guess, uh, if I had to guess, Vulture gets broken out of prison. Oh, that's a good one. Bring in Michael Keaton again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would make sense. Good job. That was off the top of your head. <coughs> Look at that. All right. Um, okay, so... and then, Okay, sorry, sorry. No, you're good. Um, <laughs> but obviously, with the reveal that this is the multiverse, 
and the villains from previous Spider-Man movies are coming back. Stands to reason, and it's been long rumored. Long rumored. Long rumored. And all but confirmed, I think, at this point, that we will have Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield appear in this movie. And I think what we're going to have eventually is the Sinister Six versus the three Spider-Man heroes that we have. That'd be so awesome. And we'll have all three Spider-Man fighting together versus the Sinister Six. That'd be so cool. Which would be sweet. Yeah. I think what's going to happen originally is the Sinister Six are going to kind of beat up on, on Tom Holland. And then somehow he'll get connected with, with Maguire and Garfield Spider-Man. Yeah. And I think it's going to be pretty cool. So you think Doctor Strange will then become kind of like a background character of like, hey, I'm trying to figure out the multiverse and magic and how to put things back together. But you take care of these villains. Yeah, I'm working I on this magic I don't think Strange stuff. will have much... I don't think Change will do much with the Sinister Six. I think that'll be mainly the the Spidey Spidey people fighting okay. them. The Spider the um, Spider Man. What do you think of the? So in the trailer, they if you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Uh, but you probably have seen it because it's the most viewed trailer ever. After ever. Tw- after twenty four hours, it got more views than any trailer in the history of trailers, which is pretty insane. Kind of shocking, actually. Yeah, uh, I think it's probably just because Molina, but whatever. Uh, so the, the premise of the the, the multiverse here is that. Spider-Man, Peter, Tom Holland, comes up to Doctor Strange and asks him if he can just change the reality of the world. Yeah, make everybody forget that I'm Spider-Man. And Doctor Strange just goes with it. Yeah, which is... What do you think of that? Uh, some people have, have hypothesized that it's not really Doctor Strange. That it's like Mephisto or something like that. And like, why, why is the... Why is it covered in ice? Well, maybe the, that's a hint that something's going on. Well, the ceiling was busted, and the ceiling kind of is doesn't the ceiling of the sanctum kind of control the temperature? And so, if it's busted, but it was like it. but it wasn't snowing outside, but it was snowing in there. Yeah, and so I think the sanctum was damaged, and now it's magically acting up. Well, maybe but, I hadn't um, thought of that. Um, but I, I so I don't know. I don't think that. My guess is that's really strange, but f- do you think that feels out of character for him to just be like, "Yeah, sure, Peter, let's do this"? Well, I think, yeah, I. It's curious. Is just like, how could it go so wrong just with Peter talking? Yeah, unless him talking got involved in the incantation of the spell. Yeah, somehow. with just like, like maybe like, hey, what is it you want? I want everybody forget to forget me. Or except this person and this person and this yeah. person and this person, then it's just like okay, or it's may- either all or nothing. Or my guess is maybe Strange warned him, like, "Hey, like, don't speak anything that's spoken once the spell starts gets added." So just and yeah. then Peter breaks it and then it messes yeah, up, messes whatever. Up, yeah, but still, like, I don't know. It feels it feels kind of weird that Strange. It, does, would just, it feels very weird that Strange would agree. Yeah, to just do this. be like, yeah, okay. And other than just like, like, sure, hey, I'll change the, the hey, fabric of space time. Yeah, just go figure it out. Yeah. So, but nonetheless, very excited for the movie. When's its uh, When's its release date? It's around Christmas. This Christmas? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Merry Christmas to all. That is awesome. Okay. Last question. Now that we finished Marvel through Phase Three, do you have any reflections for the movies and the franchise? And we've been working through, we started with Iron Man 1 like over half a year ago. Yeah. We've been going, so 
We're gonna take a, a breather from from some Marvel yeah. for a while. Yeah, we probably won't do Marvel for a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> which I think we're both kind of happy. About yeah, that. I'd say I I think it's I just think it's really impressive how they managed to to pull off a story like this. Um, but we said it with Endgame, like it feels weird ending with with, with this movie. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't feel it's not a natural ending to the saga, but that's okay. Yeah. But yeah, just impressive, and it's crazy that they were able to pull off this. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. And I think that there are a lot of good things that, um, like a lot of fun storytelling, fun. Yeah. And you know, back when they were doing all these kind of separate superhero movie trilogies on their own, when we were growing up and we were little, really small, I don't think either of us ever imagined there would be anything like this. No, this is pretty extensive. And yeah. that's that's something that's really cool about it. And like I'm enjoying it. And I'm enjoying seeing these characters interact and I'm gonna continue to enjoy it. All right. Our last rankings, which probably most of you fast forward through at the end of our yeah. show at this point. But are you I'm, just doing top ten? I'm just doing my uh so nothing changed in my um so the things that give me your I'll, top give me your top five I'll, heroes. My top five heroes. Yeah. Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, Black Widow, and Black Panther. Spider Man is still sitting at number seven. There was no change for yeah, me. Yeah, I have Iron Man number one. He's my favorite, uh, even after all these movies. Two is Thor. Three Captain America. Four Black Panther. Five is Black Widow for me as well, and I have Spider Man as the six. Okay. So, so I like Spider Man. Pretty close. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. Great heroes. I think the the villains for me, the top five are Thanos, Zemo, mm. uh, but I think he's going to be kind of become more of an anti-hero. We've seen that in the Falcon Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Loki, he's just fun to watch. Killmonger, number four, and Vulture at number five. Mm-hmm. I put Mysterio at seven just because he's interesting. Yeah. And even though it's like all of Spider-Man's villains so far have been people that hated Tony Stark, (laughs) which is kind of funny, but the way that it's just interesting that this guy's a megalomaniac and he actually, it actually, he's pulling it off. Yeah. And then he's still at the end is like, okay, he may be dead, but but he gets his revenge uh on Peter. Yeah, for sure. So I have Thanos one, Loki two, three vulture, four Killmonger, five Hela. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have Zemo, I'm just mentioning him because he was in your top five. I have him at six, so he's right there. Yeah. And then Mysterio, I have at nine for me. Yeah. Uh, and Mysterio, I think, is one of the – he's like top half of the Marvel villains. Absolutely. He's interesting, and he has a um, – Looks awesome. Looks awesome. The non-powers, but the tech abilities are really interesting and cool. Uh, the problem with him is the problem with a lot of the villains in the Marvel Universe. We They tell us what they're doing – um, but we don't. There's no, there's very few that have a very satisfying why. Mm-hmm. Um, and his was his boss is kind of a jerk. His boss happened to be Tony Stark. So yeah, and his boss fired him for being psycho, which is what he was. Right. And if if your thing was like I invented this and Tony Stark stole it from, he's like, bro, Tony Stark invented time travel. Yeah, like chilling in an after in an evening, just kind of like oh messing around. And your your thing is like. Oh, this hologram projection thing he stole from me. He's like, come on, really? Yeah, not, whatever. It's uh, like Tony Stark could have done this better in a cave. Sure. <laughs> okay. 
Movies. Uh, my top five, I'll say Captain America, Winter Soldier, Infinity War, Iron Man 1, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Thor Ragnarok. So I have one, Infinity War, two, Iron Man, three, Thor Ragnarok, four, Guardians of the Galaxy, and five, Black Panther. And I had Spider-Man Far From Home as number 13. I had it 14. Okay, there you go. Yeah. And so overall reflections, final grades, I'll give this movie a B plus. It is a good movie. It's in the top half of the MCU. Yeah. But it's... I don't know. It just you, I, you get that slate where it's like all of these are equally good, and yeah. you could sh- depending on your mood, you for could sure. shift ten spots in either direction. Yeah, like number really for me, like number nine through like fifteen ish. Um, just depends on the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I gave it a B as well. Uh, super solid, entertaining. I think they haven't really honed in on a lot of the they've done a good job of some of the responsibility but there are also like the stakes of like the duality of spider-man peter parker and there's a quote in the new trailer it's like from steve dr strange it says you living these two lives Mm -hmm. is going to just cause further damage yeah so that's the tension of being spider-man just being a kid that's trying to be responsible but also trying to have a life right yeah really good movie All right, everybody, that's going to do it for another episode of The Brad Report. We hope that you dug what you heard. We hope that you will like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating, follow us on social media. And until next time, love you 3000.